Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Matthew, chapter 22. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Your biceps, your triceps, your traps. Oh, Sammy, you have 0% body fat. Where did you get all that strength? And what happened? He melt like butter. Putty in her hands. Beware of flattery. You know, according to Hindu law, true, according to Hindu law, Lying is only justified in two cases, in saving a person's life and in paying a compliment to a lady. (laughs) So your wife says, honey, do I look fat in this dress? (laughs) Oh, no. No, no, no. Of course not. (laughs) Of course not. That's acceptable. Fellas. Lying, flattery, watch out for that. Well, they're seeking to flatter Jesus in our text. And they ask the question, should we pay taxes to Caesar or not? And Jesus said, did you notice in verse 19, show me the tax money. You see that? And what did they do? They handed him a coin. Now understand something very important. The coin was a denarius. And on the front of the denarius was a picture of Caesar. And the inscription inscription was written, Caesar, son of the divine Augustus, on the front. Caesar, son of the divine Augustus. Or in other words, Caesar, you are God. Okay? On the back of the denarius was written, Pontiff Maximus, or chief priest. So you got to understand something here. This is an issue for the Jewish people because to the Jews, the stamp on the denarius was blasphemous. Remember, the Lord said, you shall have no other gods before me. There is one God. There's one God in the Jewish mind. There is one God. Even when a Jewish mommy was pregnant and she'd have a little Jewish baby in her stomach. She would sit in a rocking chair or her nowadays glider rocker. And she'd rub her belly and she'd say, the Lord our God is one God. The Lord our God is one God. The Lord our God is one God. Even in the womb, mommies would tell their babies that there's one God. So you got to understand something. This is insulting. This is, uh, this is idolatry for a Jew to take the Daenerys and to pay their taxes. You see, so they, they're trying to set Jesus up in this lose-lose kind of situation. And so to the Jew, that, that, that's, that's blasphemous. And so the Jewish people, they hated the idea of using this coin to pay the taxes. But Jesus, did you notice, he masterfully, and, and this is what I love about Jesus, the wisdom of God. Jesus masterfully 
responds by taking a political question and he turns it to principle. Jesus takes the coin. He probably holds it up. You could probably hear a pin drop. And he said, whose picture's on this coin? Well, they said Caesar. And he said, well, then if Caesar's picture's on it, then it belongs to Caesar. Give the man his money. Whatever belongs to Caesar, you should give back to Caesar. And then he said, and whatever belongs to God, give back to God. Jesus says, without saying, pay Caesar the tax. He says that really without saying it. And Jesus would say to us, as hard as this is to digest, you know where I'm going. People, pay your taxes. Pay Uncle Sam. There are a lot of people, believe it or not, I think this is probably one of those radio broadcasts, I'll get some emails. There are a lot of people who do not believe that we Christians should pay taxes. A lot. And they use this text to kind of prove their case. They say, Jesus is teaching there is Caesar's realm. This is what they say. Jesus is teaching that there is Caesar's realm and there's God's realm. Some things belong to Caesar and the secular world and some things belong to God and the sacred world. And they say there's a division. Well, that might sound nice. It might even sound like it makes sense. But can I tell you, boldly, it's not biblical. And that's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible says that we are in the world, but not of the world. And as long as we are in this world, then God expects us, listen, saints, as long as we are in this world, God expects us to be law-abiding citizens. It's in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 13 and 14, Peter says, therefore, submit yourself to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake. Why are you to be a law-abiding citizen? For the Lord's sake. Because it's a good witness to the Lord. It's a good testimony to the Lord. Doesn't it sound terrible when you hear on the news that a Christian or a preacher or a pastor was arrested for something? It just, I mean, it happens every day. W-R-A-L, News 17. NBC, whoever they are. I mean, they wouldn't have a job if it weren't for the news. So there's news about arrest and people breaking the law every day of the week. But doesn't it sound a little more um, poignant and impacting when you hear a Christian or a minister was arrested for whatever fill in the blank? Yeah. Why? Because it's a poor testimony to the Lord. That's why it's not that they're not human. It's not that they're not men or they're not women. They're people just like you and just like me. The difference is they're Christians. And when something like that happens, then it's a poor testimony to the Lord. That's why Peter says, and mind you now, Peter is writing this in the days of the megalomaniac Nero. Nero was sick. And that man had problems and issues. And, and he persecuted Christians and persecuted the church and persecuted anything that was of God. And one of my favorite martyrs is Polycarp. And all of that was during the reign of Nero. So you say, now, wait a minute, Rodney. How are we going to obey the laws of the Lamb when they're wrong, when they're evil? Yeah, I understand that. 
but God says to do it. And the reign of Nero was absolutely worse than what is going on in Washington, D.C. today. You got to understand that. So the Lord says to obey the laws of the land for the Lord, every ordinance of man, for the Lord's sake, whether to the king as supreme or to governors as to those who are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of those who do good. Yes, as Christians, we are expected to be law abiding citizens. Turn to Romans, if you will, with me. We're going to leave Matthew and we're going to go over to Romans chapter 13. And this is where we'll stay for the rest of the morning. Romans chapter 13. Talking about obeying the laws of the land. Romans chapter 13. Turn there quickly. Let me hear those pages turning. Turn quickly. Romans chapter 13. Now listen to this. Paul gives us two reasons. If you're taking notes, you write these down. Paul gives us two reasons why Christians should obey governmental authority. Two reasons. Number one, for wrath's sake. You'll find that in verses one through four. And then secondly, for conscience sake, you'll find that in verses five through seven. So look at it with me, if you will. Romans chapter 13, beginning in verse one, saints, if you're with me, say amen. Let every soul circle that That's every person. Everybody. Hey, that's Christians and non-Christians. As every human be subject to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by who, saints? God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists the ordinance of who? God. And those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers are not a terror to, to good works, but to evil. You see, rulers are not a terror to good, do what is right. Do what is right. They're not a terror to good works, but to people who do what is wrong. Do you want to be unafraid of authority? Question. Well, then do the right thing. Do what is good and you'll have praise from the same. For he is he, the authority, the police officer is God's minister to you for good. But if you do evil, be afraid for he does not bear the sword in vain for he is. There it is again. God's minister an avenger to execute wrath on him who practices evil. Therefore, you must be subject not only because of wrath, but here it is also for conscience sake. For because of this, you also pay taxes for they are. There it is again. God's ministers attending continually to this very thing. Render, therefore, to all their due taxes to whom taxes are due custom to whom custom and fear or reverence to whom reverence and honor to whom honor is due. And so Paul says, give me your attention. Every soul is subject to the governing authorities. Every soul. I know it's hard to believe, but every soul is subject to the boys in Washington. Now, that does not just apply because, you know, President Bush is in office and we all believe that he's Christian and that's a wonderful thing. But you know what? This principle was in place when Billy was in office. Say amen. It doesn't say if you like the candidate, then submit yourself. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says every soul is to be subject, in this case, to the boy's 
in Washington. For the authority that is put in place is authority from God. You see, this is why. Because it's authority from God. They are ministers of God. Police officers are ministers of God. So if you're speeding and the Raleigh police pulls you over, you just look at him and say, hello, minister of God. I'm glad you pulled me over to give me a ticket. I receive it and I will gladly pay. Gee, thanks, officer. Of course, then they'll be taking you in and trying to commit you to Dorothea Dix. Because that will be a first. But see, the officer, according to the scripture, is an avenger sent to execute wrath on lawbreakers. That's what they're there for. You know, true story from police blotter. I actually get uh, from time to time, I'll get this email from the police blotter. And these are all true. Listen to this one. A motorist was unknowingly caught in an automotive or automated speed trap that measured his speed using a radar and photographed his car. He later received in the mail a ticket for $40 and a photo of his car. Well, instead of payment, he sent the police department a photograph of $40. Well, several days later, he received a letter from the police department that contained a photograph of handcuffs. The motorist promptly sent the money for the ticket. Crazy. True, true, folks, people, mm, people. But we're to submit for wrath's sake. Well, not only for wrath's sake, but also for conscience sake. You can see that in verses 5 through 7. Therefore, you must be subject not only for wrath, but also for conscience. You see, Christians are to obey the law, pay their taxes, and pray for governmental leadership. Now, when we talk about taxes... You know, we're, we're, we're not talking about, you know, not taking legitimate tax breaks. And I, we, we, we are to do that. Chuck Smith said, render unto Caesar what is Caesar's and not a penny more. He's getting enough. I like that because it's true. It's true. You know, there's a little boy wanted a hundred dollars badly and he prayed to God for a whole week, but nothing happened. And so he decided to write God a letter requesting $100. When the post office got the letter addressed to God, they forwarded it to the White House. Well, the president was very impressed, touched and amused as he instructed his aide to send the boy $5. He thought $5 would be a lot of money for a little boy. Well, the little boy was delighted to receive the money. He sat down and he wrote a thank you note immediately, which read, Dear God, thank you very much for sending the money. However, I noticed that for some reason you had to send it through Washington, and as usual, they kept most of it. <laughs> Kids. But see, nobody enjoys paying taxes. I understand that. You know, sometimes it can feel, you know, the internal revenue service can feel like the infernal revenue service or the eternal revenue service. I understand that, but as Christians, we need to pay every cent we owe. Amen, saints? Why? Because whatever has the image of Caesar, give to Caesar. And whatever has the image of God, give to who, saints? God. What's that? What has the image of God? You. 
me. We bear the mark of God's image. Especially if you're a Christian, you have the superscription of God on your life. Well, the Bible calls it the Holy Spirit. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13, you are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 and 20, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God. And because of that, you're not your own. For you were bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which is God's. You see, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 22, he set his seal of ownership on us and put his spirit in our hearts. So we have the superscription as Christians of God, the Holy Spirit. But listen at this. Even if you are not a Christian, you are still made in the image of God. Every human being is made in the image of God. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 and 27. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, the cattle, over all the earth and every creeping thing that's on the earth. And so God created man in his own image, in the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. Mankind is unique from every other created being. Why? Because only, listen, man Humankind, people, are made in the image of God. Not animals, not plants, not rocks, just people. And see, when you don't understand that, when you don't understand that humans are made in the image of God, you know what happens? You have a decreased value of life. You see, that's why people believe that aborting a baby is simply aborting tissue. That's why, because they don't understand that humans are made in the image of God. They refuse to acknowledge the image of God is stamped on that baby. You have a decreased value and appreciation for life. And so what we see today, euthanasia, mercy killing. Dr. Kevorkian, Dr. Death. You see, as long as people continue to accept evolution and deny creation, our view of man and humans decrease. Abortion, mercy killing, and Dr. Death will increase. If you understand that, say amen. That's huge. That's why. Because they don't understand. Every human is made in the image of God. What's the image of God? Well, let me tell you, first of all, what is not. The image of God has nothing to do with the color of a person's skin. If you agree with that, say amen. It has nothing to do with whether you're male or female. It has nothing to do with your ethnicity. The image of God relates to, if you're taking notes, personality, morality, and spirituality. Personality. The image of God speaks to personality. In other words, God has a personality and he has given men and women a personality, humans. I mean, largely dogs don't have personality. Now, I know some of you 
will argue with me on that. But, but I mean, largely, I mean, they, you know, dogs, for example, dogs don't tell jokes. If you have a dog that tells jokes, then you should see me after service because we're going to make a lot of money. But, but they, I mean, they don't have personality, you know. Plants don't have personality. That's why I have heard this. You guys, have y'all heard this? It's just me. I've heard people saying, encouraging people to talk to their plants. Come on now. Talk to your plant. This is what people are teaching now. They're supposed to make it healthier and whatever. Talk to your plant. Come on, two words for you. Seek help. I mean, (laughs) come on, man. You know, plants don't have feelings or a will or emotion. You know, I've never seen a plant laugh or cry. If you have, seek help. That's not real. You see, trees don't, don't have personality. They don't think. You know, trees don't say, man, you know, I'm not sure what's going to happen this winter. You know, I better have my roots grow deeper. Trees don't do that. You see, we are made in the image of God in that we have knowledge. And in this area of personality, we have knowledge. We can think and we can reason. I mean, that's pretty amazing. Have you ever thought about that? How awesome it is that we have a mind. This gray matter is amazing. It's an awesome thing. You know, it stores memory. You don't have to plug it in or recharge it. You know, if you do, then seek help. I mean... The mind is amazing. We have the ability to have knowledge. Humans have the ability to enjoy a beautiful day, to enjoy a sunset. Dogs don't do that. Animals don't do that. Animals don't sit back and just, you know, sit back and, you know, oh, I'm loving this sun today. They don't. You see, God has, has a will and we have the ability to will. God has a will and has given us that same ability. We Animals don't have a will, quote unquote, where they can will to be saved or will in many areas of life. Yes, they can will to drink water and basic things of life, but not like human beings. So the image of God speaks of personality and the image of God speaks to the area of morality. Man is a moral being. Remember, God said, be holy, even as I am what saints holy. So man, like God, can live in holiness and not only personality and morality, but also spirituality. Humans are able to have a living, loving relationship with the God who is spirit. And this spiritual communion is eternal because God is eternal. And of course, because of sin, man died spiritually And has the need to be born again spiritually. But even though man is fallen, we are made in the image of God. Yet marred, but we are made in the image of God. And because we are made in the image of God, we also have a responsibility to God. Every man, the Bible says, will stand before God and give an account for his life. Again, plants won't do that. And dogs and animals won't do that. But man will do that. One day, the Bible says the books will be open. And if your name is not found in the book of life, you will be judged and thrown into the lake of fire. And then don't turn there. Trust me. Matthew chapter 22, verse 22. We read it. It says, when they heard these things, they marveled and they left him and they went 
I find this pretty poignant. Their way. They went their way. Notice they went their way, not his way. Again, that's a choice. And you can leave here today continuing to live your way with you in charge, or you can leave here desiring to have it his way, but you can't have both. Every day for us Christians, for people, for humans, there's a choice. You have a choice to humble yourself before God. You have a choice to submit yourself before man, before the governing authorities, to do what God calls you to do, to to pay your taxes. All of these things are a matter of your choice. Submit yourself to God and the governing authorities because they're in place because God has put them there. And that's your choice. And lots of people make the wrong choice. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.